welcome back to It Was Murder, the number one heart-to-heart podcast in the world, where we watched all the episodes of Heart to Heart, including eight movies, and they're all on the feed, so oh, just go back and listen to them. It's a new intro. And now we are doing Chain Reaction, open season. <laughs> so much to explain. Yes, I'm your diehard romantic, Eric Blood. And I'm a devoted lover, Ellen Iso. And I'm the runaway virgin, Joe Garber. And tonight, we followed the fabulous uh, Margit Karstensen. Margit? 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 I think it's Margit, because that's what they were calling her in the movie, and she has the same name. Okay. In the film. Sure. We followed her Margit. to 1980. Is it 80 or 81? There's a, 81. Okay. 81. 1981's. Uh, mov- that shit movie, crazy. <laughs> <laughs> movie possession. <laughs> starring, movie starring <laughs> Sam Neill and Isabella Johnny <laughs> and uh, Margit. Oh God! Nineteen eighties ones collage. <laughs> Ellen. Oh uh, yeah. What? Here. What? T- I want you to just. I know you can do it very concisely and clearly. Oh, you, oh, you flatter me. Just uh, what what happened in this movie? I don't know. <laughs> in sixty seconds, I, I don't, don't know. know. <laughs> don't open. 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 Do not open. Don't open. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Splash, and then no more Ellen. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm kicking it off. I'm going to talk to you right now about uh, Zulowski's possession. Okay. Okay. So, you know, like sometimes you're married to a spy and he's (laughs) like over in East Germany and um, he's gone for a long time and you're there with your kid who's weirdly named Bob. And um, then, you know, you sometimes just meet somebody because you feel like, I don't know, you just feel dissatisfaction. (laughs) And so when they come home, you tell him you want a divorce. And then everything you do is like a metaphor for relationship breakups. But then it becomes a confusing nightmare about faith. But what does faith mean? And then there's just like so much screaming and beautiful balletic dancing and subways <laughs> and giant rooms and tiny kitchens and moist things and fat faced creatures. But what's really happening? I don't know. And there's cool synth music. But like, what are the <laughs> geopolitics of all of this? What does it mean? Because... East Germany, staring at the wall? Mm. <laughs> Religion? Like, what is it? What do the pink socks mean? Yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> I have never had more clarity on this film. Yeah, <laughs> makes sense now. I know. Uh, I now- mean, I, I gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> you, have, you have done what film historians have been unable to do for 43 years. <laughs> not, not for lack of time. Yeah. I keep picturing you just running to the full bathtub and throwing your body <laughs> to the full <laughs> bathtub full of water. <laughs> oh my god! It'd be so cool if, if I just turned right now and like put my leg in a cast up on the table. <laughs> yeah, with the high heel. Yeah. Okay. All right, you can do it. I can do I it. I certainly didn't. <laughs> yeah. Okay, uh, 1981's possession. Picture it. Uh, West Berlin, <laughs> 1981. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is Cold War, Iron Curtain, all the good stuff. Um, <laughs> a city divided. A spy comes home to a wife and son, wife who is just refuses to wear anything but a drab blue, <laughs> and uh, says, I'm out of here. I'm, I'm with somebody else. 
he finds out who that is, and it's this guy named Heinrich who I'm in love with, uh. and he dances. <laughs> and uh, then it finds he finds out that he's not she's not actually with him. She's with a monster uh, that <laughs> that lives in Kreuzberg, and um, she kills a bunch of men. I thought to feed the monster, but really we never get any evidence of that. Uh, but the monster does grow some more tentacles. Uh, mm-hmm. And um, oh, Sam Neill's in this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Hi, how are you? And that's all I can say. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. All right. Possession, 1981. Bring it home, Joe. Yeah, here Joe's we the go. only one you're that the, can do it. the anchor of this relay <laughs> no, every time. All right, Sam Neill returns home to his wife, and they instantly get a divorce, and they're shrieking at each other. He's throwing chairs at her, and an army of chefs comes to uh, calm him down. (laughs) And they have a son, so she keeps having to come back to the apartment in the same drab blue dress that keeps getting dirtier and dirtier and care for the son. And he's freaking out, and he goes into a chaotic state of just confusion and rage, and he hits her a bunch, and they hit each other, and she tries to slit her throat with an electric knife, and he cuts his arm with an electric knife. And then uh, Mandy Heinrich is also in love with her and tries to find her and he sends a private uh, private eye to her apartment in Kreuzberg where he finds a monster and she kills him and then uh, he finds a woman who looks exactly like her and starts falling in love with her and then they run away and they try to get away from the cops and they run into a building and the cops shoot her and the monsters with her that she's been caring for the entire time and it looks just like Sam Neill and then his body goes plummeting down and there's a man with pink socks and then the man tries to get into the woman the woman who looks just like her apartment and the son drowns himself in the bathtub at the end Woo! fuck Okay, we did it. Now everyone knows what this movie is about. Uh, okay, ratings? Uh, <laughs> 100. Um, oh my God. So this is the third time I've seen Possession. Wow. Really? Yes. Uh, Have you I seen s- the full length? Did we, wait, did we watch the same versions? I wa- we wa- I, if you watched it on any streaming service uh, this week, <laughs> um, you, watched, <laughs> you watched the full length version. Great. Oh, um, I didn't know there were different versions. Yes, so this movie was banned in several countries. I knew that, yeah. Uh, when it when it showed up in the UK and the US, and I believe Australia, it was cut by forty minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, I honestly can't imagine what was cut and for what reason. Well, it's Be- violence, right, and blood, basically. Uh, that's usually mm-hmm. not censors. Censors usually don't give a shit about that. So what we watched had the 40 minutes in it or no? Yes. What oh, okay. we watched was the full, the as far as I know, the full length version of the film. Mm. Which, mm-hmm. okay. So the first time I saw it was when I worked at Scarecrow Video. Hmm. Uh, there was a, a PAL, I believe it was PAL, um, or some uh, other region DVD of the what was considered the full length at the time version of the movie, which... I now know was not the entire full length of the movie because wow. I think it cut out Sam Neill's butt, um, <laughs> which is what censors do cut out. His little tiny butt. His little tiny butt. Uh, okay, but check this out. This is the thing. <clears throat> third time I've seen this movie. Third time. Mm-hmm. I never remember the end of this movie. Like the bathtub or... After the, the subway, it's all a blur. <laughs> After the subway, my mind is erased. And I, watching it this time, I was like, all right, 
pay it, like I put my phone down. I was like, you have to watch the end of this movie. Oh yeah, to figure out what <laughs> See, it's about. Well, just I don't. I knew I wasn't going to have any sort of clarity. It really from clears it. it up. Yeah, <laughs> but I did. I just knew that I had to know what the fuck happens at the end. By the subway, mm-hmm. you mean the part where she's throwing herself against the wall and writhing around? Yes, which I do the believe. Miscarriage. Yeah, mm. I do believe that that is the the focal point of the movie. Yeah. That, oh my that god. That scene. That performance. Amazing. It's it's so it's the reason the movie is is what it is in our cultural lexicon. Yeah, in my opinion. Um, but Ellen, what's your experience with this movie? Yeah. <clears throat> well, so <laughs> this is my first time sitting down and uh, digging into this movie. Um, I'll cut to the chase. I feel like I could watch this over and over and over again. Mm. And perhaps that makes me insane. Um, <laughs> it will make you insane. Yeah, it will, definitely will. <laughs> well, that, that's what I hear, right? It's like, a, it's like a horror movie within a horror movie, right? Where it's like, do not watch this movie. You'll go mad, right? Mm-hmm. But, um, oh God, I just. When was the first time you saw it? Years ago. And. I know that I I was turned off by it at that moment, like just kind of like I don't think I can do this. But I I but it's because it was really presented to me at that moment as a horror film, and same, and that um, sometimes it's just not like I just can't do that one. And it's actually more of a Kramer versus Kramer. <laughs> well, I mean, it's it's horror, right? But it just depends on how expansive your idea of horror is like mm-hmm. if you're thinking about it in terms of horror as a genre mm-hmm. right or are you thinking about it just in terms of of horror <laughs> the experience yeah that totally it's presenting to you or creating within you uh-huh. um i was really loving the experience of watching this film but lately i'm like really into what people are experiencing when they're taking in cinema and what that means. Like Mm. I'm interested in that space right now. Um, But, oh, wow. I mean, I was talking to a couple folks and just like almost begging them to experience this film. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And I know I shouldn't do that because in the past when I've done that with films, what happens is then there's a lot of... uh, relationship repair that has to happen (laughs) (laughs) and you know sometimes it just ends up where it's like oh here we go again you're like five years later it's like oh remember the mm." (laughs) but no i stand Mm. by this um i i'm a million percent gonna watch this again when i get a chance because i just feel like there's so much like it's so rich Mm. i i i'm just babbling Someone else talk because I'm still sitting with it. Like I just, I just felt so un- unprepared to speak well, yeah. to it today. You mentioned that Truly. we need like a full month to pro- just process before yeah. podcasting about this movie, and I think that's definitely true. It's not. I, I don't feel ready either. I was like googling frantically about just what other people are saying about this movie. What, like, what kind of theses can I read about oh, this movie? Oh. And just like, what are the ideas being represented? I can't bring and, myself to do that. Yeah, I, I can't do that. I just want to know if anyone's like cracked it open a little bit 
and I what from what I read, no, basically, like <laughs> no one really has. I mean, I'm sure there is something somewhere that just kind of makes it more understandable. You can understand that something is being communicated, but what it is, I'm not exactly sure. But I feel the same way as you, or I could watch this. It's the rewatchability is like amazing for some reason i feel like i could watch it like 10 more times and just like sit it's like this mood and vibe that you can just sit in and is great i think <laughs> and amazing but yeah not super scary but terrifying at the same time yeah it's not i don't know that i would call it a horror film it has right. horror elements and it's it's a surrealist um i mean it's a it's to to go off of some of the things that I've read about it and that resonate with me with my watch of the movie, um, it is a surrealist allegory of of uh <laughs> divorce, mm -hmm. of a city divided. Yeah, division. That's uh, what people it, kept coming uh, back to. Andre uh Zalowski was also he had, at this time after going through not only a, his own divorce, he was leaving Poland for the for mm -hmm. the final time, like actually divorcing himself from his home country. Whoa! Mm -hmm. uh, because that country was like, your movies are too fucked <laughs> up. <laughs> we don't want your movies anymore. <laughs> go to Berlin, <laughs> where they'll appreciate you. Yeah, go be with the Germans. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's interesting. Uh, but yeah, it's watching it. This so the first time I watched it, I there was a picture of the creature on the box. Oh, wow. Of, what? On the video. I Thank you. Oh, what wow. is the right answer? So I was like, ooh. That's, that robs everyone of an opportunity. Totally. Is so it I the was, creature with like the long head? Yeah, it was the, the creature that you see this when you the second time you see the creature. Yeah. When it's in the corner. I love which is that. The most, that is the scariest yes. uh, moment of the movie. The most beautiful uh, horror moment. Mm -hmm. Um. But yeah, so the first time I watched it, I was confounded. I was also very young and like, I just didn't get to say I didn't get it is the understatement of the year. Uh, <laughs> but like, I, I didn't, I wasn't equipped to watch a movie like Possession. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like I wasn't, I, I didn't have that cinematic language at all. Mm. So I was bored. And I'm sure the reason I never I didn't remember how it ended is because I either didn't finish it or I fell asleep. Mm. But I mean, is it fair to say that depending on the age that you were, that perhaps like you're just not emotionally equipped through like life experience to 100%. take in mm -hmm. like some of the really potent themes, like the intensity of this. I feel like mm. um I didn't I didn't Google it up uh deliberately mm -hmm. so um i think i just feel like how, how do we come come at this right now it's like go <laughs> like what's so like just just off the top of your head like what's what's something that really struck you about it good or bad like can we let's yeah. do that yeah fuck well in your uh in your Cold War blue. <laughs> yeah. Wait, uh, for the record, I think that that blue is beautiful. I do Thank you. You're wearing it's beautiful violet blue. I just got this new sweatshirt. <laughs> oh, I wow. meant Isabel. I mean Joe. Yeah. You, oh. you look nice. You look oh, nice. Thank you. I, um, yeah, I love how that like they were like coated in oil. It was really weird. Every time they would come back together, they <laughs> oh, were just they like were co so more gross. covered in oil. The I don't. I want to not. Well, the first thing I want to talk about, the biggest thing for me, and this movie 
I loved overall, but there were, it's like a shaky love. There's like really profound moments in this movie and then moments that it's like, I don't know about that. Like it's a little, (laughs) it goes off kilter a little bit in a way that's like, it feels sort of amateur or something, but the moments where it's on, it's hitting so well that it's like complete genius. This movie is messy Mm -hmm. and it's like messy in a lot of different ways, I think. Mm. One of the major things that I was thinking through the whole film, I mean, I love that monster that she's like nursing back to health, this really weird tentacle creature. It's like blood, that blood and like milk combination of creamy. Oh, it's disgusting. Yeah. It's so visceral and amazing. But at the, when the whole movie, well, once they introduced that, I was like, don't have Sam Neill's face. Don't have Sam Neill's face <laughs> in my head the entire time. I was like, please don't like have that monster look up and it be Sam Neill. And then it clearly it was at the end. Spoiler alert. It's Sam Neill at the end. It's just like a carbon copy of him. And then, and I don't like that. I don't really know why, but I just wondering how you guys feel about that monster becoming a version of him. And he's dating a version of her. She's talking about, faith and chance the sisters faith and chance and you know i think she represents whatever faith and the other one represents chance maybe i don't really know but (laughs) i have to ask you a question before thinking about how to respond um so you're like you see the creature and you're like oh motherfucker do not have that be Mm -hmm. like we're uh gestating uh extra moist sam neil yeah (laughs) yes exactly you don't want but but can you like tell me more about wh- why you didn't want it to be I, that? Where is that rooted? Like, is it rooted in like like putting the, that sort of part of the story um, into like a, a cheesier like horror film like thing, or like or like a bad bad like yeah? I think where, part where of is it is it feels like a little hack partially. That's like part of the reason I think it just feels a little too mm-hmm. like art film go-to like it's like but maybe at this point it wasn't that in 1981 i feel (laughs) like it's just like it's not 1881 (laughs) i know (laughs) but it just feels a little like cliche or something there's something about Mm. that and then there's another level that feels like maybe sexist but i don't know i don't really have anything to back this up other than this the wife is gestating this creature that becomes the dark version of her husband so it's like she's creating this version of her husband that's dark and pulling them both into this horrible hell situation like she's kind of motivating this and being whatever she obviously was like having there's a scene where she like looks like she's trying to wash blood off her hands where she's just obviously having the most huge crisis and like is being dragged into hell for whatever she's doing with this creature i don't know but that's how I interpreted it. And I was mm. like, that, I don't know. There's something weird about that. It feels kind of like she's like, the woman is destroying everything and making this dark version of her husband. And I don't know. There's something about that idea that I didn't love. But, ah, that's interesting. Like, that's a lot of different yeah. reasons to kind <laughs> of hope for something else. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I can't believe I'm doing this, <laughs> but she's going to rewrite. She's oh. going to rewrite. <laughs> no, I'm not going to rewrite. Oh. I'm going to ask you to go to that literal corner in Kreutzberg yeah and hang out your shingle that says insert the word for rewrite in German here mm. um because what what do you think would have been and maybe you haven't haven't really 
gotten to this place yet, but knowing you, you have. Three uh-huh. <laughs> um, right corner, Kreuzberg. Um, what what would you what would have made you not feel that way about the creature? Like what what would the creature have? What would the arc for the creature be that would have felt less rote for you? Good question. Or more satisfying. I don't know. Like maybe if it was, yeah, I don't have a like a strong concrete rewrite because you know it's like how could you? I I know. Well, I I do. Really, because Joe always has. I always do. I I have a separate, completely separate rewrite, but it has nothing to do with this. This movie. This movie is beyond criticism to me. Like, and not, I'm not saying that it's perfect by any Mm -hmm. means. Right. Like, we, okay, Joe and I are very good about not talking about the movies that we watch together Mm -hmm. until we get onto the podcast. But we did, (laughs) there was a little, a little crack in that during this where Joe said, Why is everybody speaking English? And I, (laughs) sorry, my, my thoughts were, this is, I think that this was meant to be a, uh, because English is galactic basic. Yeah. And I think he thought this might be a crossover kind of breakthrough in, mm. in, in America and in the UK and in mm-hmm. all these, all the places that it was banned. Like basically. a mega hit. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that it would be understandable. It'd be something, a way to make Western folks understand the inner turmoil of an Eastern European during this time. Hmm. Um, mm. And, and the divorce, like through the tale of a divorce, this is why Polish people, I love Polish people, man. I love Polish <laughs> artists. I, they're y'all don't know how to tell a straight up story. <laughs> You're like, well here, rock in this chair, but no, really rock. I want you to nearly fall down. Like yeah. you have to nearly fall <laughs> Yeah. or, okay. You are having a miscarriage in a subway. <laughs> But you need to like, if you actually pull out your uterus, cool. You like be, that's, <laughs> I yeah. want you to do everything you possibly can. If you're not covered in milk by the end of this yeah. scene, then you've done it wrong. If, yes, if the viewer is not covered in yeah. milk, yeah, milk. <laughs> There's not milk everywhere. But yeah, yeah this okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's milk. The extreme nature of the film of of the way that the way that uh, he tells the story, yeah, is weirdly like like. I don't softened isn't the word, but like made palatable by the English. Mm. But it's also for me, it's that where you were saying like there are there are elements of the movie that seem almost amateurish. That's where that happens to me is that I'm like, well, you know, Isabella Johnny, of course, is like an amazing actress and she's she speaks perfect English. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Sam Neill's doing a weird ass accent, which I never understand. Is he American or English? He's uh, no, he's. Uh, New Zealand. Yeah, New Zealand. Oh, he's New Zealand. Isn't, yeah. he, isn't he New Zealand? And he has to dual citizens. I think he's New Irish Zealand. and New Uh-oh. Zealand. I think he's a Kiwi. Yeah, he's a Kiwi though. Mm. Oh, mm. Sam Neil, love you so much. Huh. Uh, mm-hmm. And then Heinrich, um, Heinrich, who is German and speaking English, mm-hmm. but you know everyone speaks perfect fucking English. But yeah, it's yeah. but it is odd because yeah. it is it's giving that Tower of Babel thing. Mm. That just hit me at one moment in the movie where I was like, "Wait, whoa, what? Wait a minute. Have they been speaking English? Have, well, I, have I been that, reading subtitles this whole time?" Or? And that you're in, you're in Berlin, yeah. Like this very, like you, you're in 19, 1980 Berlin, mm-hmm. which is stark, yeah, and bleak, 
Yeah. Uh, and you're staring at a wall, mm-hmm. which uh, the way that he uses the Berlin Wall in this film is so amazing. Mm. Um, just these these matter of fact shots of their apartment, their modern apartment, overlooking yeah. this wall with guards on it, soldiers on it, and, yeah. and barbed wire. Mm-hmm. And then going to her her very old apartment in Kreuzberg, mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. this image of the old the old way. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but anyway, I'm sorry. I'm totally rambling out of control. Uh, <laughs> the creature becoming Sam Neill, I don't see any way that it can't be that because part of the reason to me, the way I read it, uh, is this infection of fascism, mm. which she has given over to or is in some, like she, the way that <laughs> their divorce is not just their relationship. It is an ideological divorce. Right. Where she has moved on to this way of thinking. It's why she's, to me, it's why she's wearing that blue dress every time you see her. She's wearing this, this uh, kind of Eastern block mm. drab color of utility. Mm-hmm. Um, she is, she is killing the people that are, <laughs> that are coming into her, Space. Also, she's killing homosexuals, by the way, I which know. is another thing that they there's like these little touches. The mm, the opening scene, exactly the opening scene where mm. uh, Sam Neill is being debriefed before he retires from being a spy. Right. I just immediately was like, oh, is he, is he like finding homosexuals within? Yeah, he's a hum- he's yeah. hunting homosexuals. Yeah, yeah, totally. He's hunting gays. Yeah. And yeah, I thought which, that too. Which is really interesting. It's like cruising, because yeah, he's cruising. <laughs> he's cruising. Like <laughs> the way that you hunt gays is by having sex with them. Uh huh. Um. So yeah, all of this, it, him meeting the, the double of his wife, who is like an idealistic. <laughs> yeah, she's like well, an she's a angel. teacher and she's nurturing mm. and she's she's beautiful and she has light eyes and you know like blah blah blah. Yeah. The there has to be a double a dark double for him. Although. The, where it gets confusing for me is that I don't think there is a light <laughs> uh, Sam Neill character. I think that well, he's darkness. Yeah. He's just two shades of darkness in uh-huh. this. Right. And possibly the monster that becomes him might be the, the light one because that one's smiling all the time. Like that one seems yeah. pretty happy. <laughs> yeah, he seems pretty good. Probably because he's getting laid. And he didn't kill anybody, right? Technically, she killed, no. She killed the two no. people. Yeah. And finding out that they're homosexual is a very, it's a weird thing. And it, I thought, oh, oh, but then, you know, like any, any other movie in the 80s, I was like, oh, shit, what's going to happen here? But then it was just like, it seemed like they just happened to be homosexual lovers and that was it. And there was like nothing else really, there wasn't any like offensive anything about that. No, it was just like, they happen, they're the people, who, the two people who get murdered in the movie. Yeah. So it's a little strange, I guess, but not. I didn't think it was like offensive in well, any way. No, they it's just it's just what that was. Yeah. Like what those what the the what the KGB were mm. like after or whatever. Mm. Uh strange. Yeah. Do you have a rewrite, Ellen? Uh no. Are you writing it right now? She's, <laughs> it's just she's frantically writing a thesis spelling. right now on possession. <laughs> it's just like the I think yeah, the ideas of like her, him being like sort of put upon this whole time. I don't know. I guess that's just like men in movies, and like it's from that his perspective the whole movie. So yeah, we are kind of be well, not not necessarily because we do see there are scenes where he is not present. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But he is presented. I I guess he is presented as the hero. Um. 
but yeah, he's I a don't, protagonist. But I don't think that this movie goes into a hero's journey like a a typical no. Joseph Campbell style hero's journey structure. Mm-mm. I think everyone's bad. Everyone's good and everyone's bad and and it's faith and chance. Like it's what it's <clears throat> it's why all of the religious allegory and the religious uh elements of it where it's like well, what do you believe? What are, what are our beliefs and and how do our beliefs shape our physical being mm. and our 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 movements and our actions? Heinrich, for example, who dances yeah. constantly. <laughs> yeah, God. And he's like maybe psychic. Oh God, I love Heinrich. Yeah. That's that's something that really I really love about the film is the intensely choreographed violence yes um, and the way that like the contrast between the balletic movements of the characters through the frame and through the spaces Mm -hmm. there's something so beautiful about the you know post-apocalyptic uh emptiness Mm -hmm. of the city and and the scale of the rooms the use of that space combined with the way that the characters hold like the physicality in in those scenes like the claustrophobic like shoulder to shoulder kitchen the um enormous room that he meets uh with the other his bosses at at the spy (sighs) thing the subway just the way that they are moving and it's so contrived but it just feels so perfect Mm -hmm. you know it just adds like this fluidity and this beauty to these incredibly violent and extreme emotional uh scenes it's really yeah stunning i mean that's what moves me there's Mm -hmm. an extra element too of the camera which yeah. is this handheld oh, yeah. it's like camera revolving that's constantly around. moving yeah. and moving in the most erratic and crazy ways. Like yeah. so that that interview, the debrief scene where the camera never stops circling mm-hmm. that giant room. Yeah, uh, and then scenes where he's just walking through <laughs> through Berlin, and the camera goes from his feet over his head yeah back yeah him. it's wild i was wondering the choreography especially of the scene in the subway was i was really curious about what who did she come up with this like what was how much that did she make this up how much was it the director informing i was looking for the choreographer because i wanted to use him as a, use them as the link but i didn't i couldn't find a choreographer credited at least not an imdb but I was so curious because that her, especially in that subway scene, obviously that's like the, like you said, the premium scene is just like fucking incredible. And just the movement and you, it's this such a weird dance of violence and fear and terror and just like so amazingly done. And it's such a long scene too that I was, it's just like, amazing that choreography and i don't and it feels like it must have come from her the actress partially because i don't know how you could like direct something like that it's like so incredible i don't know if you can like choreograph that type of movement it's wild yeah the things that i've read uh both both isabella johnny and uh sam neill (laughs) Mm -hmm. have said like oh god making this movie was such a huge 
like tax it was a taxing experience mm-hmm. physically and mentally yeah oh my gosh and, yeah. and yeah. isabella johnny was like oh yeah you can only do that when you're like 20 oh yeah like, <laughs> I, you can only do that when you're young there's no way that that i could ever do that again yeah and yeah i mean she's it just feels so I, real watching the subway scene there's so many moments where i'm like don't hit your head I know. Like, yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> She's thrashing her head yeah. back against the wall. Hurt yourself. <laughs> oh, me too. I, that's exactly what I thought. Yeah. I, I am, am really, I mean, <laughs> I, I, the performances just take my breath away. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, you know, of course I love the cinematography. I love all of it it's it's just absolutely perfect mm-hmm. from my perspective but those performances are unlike anything i've ever seen the viscerality of that the total buy-in to these characters that are symbolic mm-hmm. yeah. and strange and beautiful both literally and and otherwise, like just the torment. I mean, if you if you take the film in simply as a metaphoric uh, exploration of a breakup, mm-hmm. I mean, he only allows you to take that so far, mm-hmm. and then you have to you you realize suddenly that it is so much more than that, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But there's something so excruciating and painful um and heartbreaking and validating about the arc that which we first experienced primarily through mark right through sam neill where that those moments where like your pain is so acute you just feel controlled you know physically like thrashing physically feels like a release of this pain of this inability to understand it. Right. And then you enter into this space where you're like, I'm going to figure this shit out. I'm going to confront that person. This will not stand. And then, you know, there's the pleading and all of the different phases that occur in a really intense breakup. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, there's the moment where you are trying to be cold where you're like, I'm done with you. Like, you know, when you, when you old yeller it, like, get out of here. We we don't want you anymore. boy. It's like, we do though. We do. We do. I just have to do it this way. We We do want you. I love you, but you got to get out of here. You know, like when you're old yellering it and all the things and it's just like, oh, wow. Um, And then when you have to confront like the idea of faith and what that means, especially in through the lens of the geopolitical landscape that's mm-hmm. being yes. explored. It's just like, huh. my God, I mean, I just feel like I could just double over uh, <laughs> myself. Like just, it's just so intense. Mm-hmm. This, I feel like it just really like the film is, and I'm saying like a, using like a lot of trite things, but it's because I mean to just indicate like the the journey that the film takes you on like so rapidly. Mm. You know, it's it's like it's kind of you're like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, it's about divorce. It's whatever. It's like this and that. Mm-hmm. And then that scene in the cafe. Oh, yeah. My God. And suddenly like it just erupts. Yeah. And so we amazing. are like the force of that eruption, like catapults us to a different place. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It is filmed so 
spectacularly and just like the intensity of the physical movement, the chairs, like just, yeah. I, I remain even up <laughs> to the, the very last moment, like so enthralled with Sam Neill's physicality when he yeah. is dragging himself up like the yeah. potentially very heavy handed ascension of the staircase, <laughs> which is both physically beautiful. But when we look down at the, all the circles of hell or whatever, however you uh, want to see it with the, the uh, pursuers at the bottom, but you see that trail of blood yeah. marking his path, oh but God. that spiral, but when he's just dragging his body along the banister it's just so incredible but i mean i what can you even say about isabella genie i mean she's as talented as she is stunning yeah, yeah. i mean she's just someone that i just can remember the first time i ever saw her on screen and just being in it being in a, a place where i was feeling so insecure about how I looked and of an age to to feel like so alienated from film stars from media and those images mm -hmm. and she's someone who's just mere, merely her face to say nothing of her talent her face absolutely gave me a way back in to not putting a barrier of my own insecurities and anxieties and this bizarre thing of comparing yourself to beauty standards. There's something about um, the realness that she holds, even though she doesn't have to. When you look like yeah, that, I know. <laughs> you let's be real, right? But she goes for it. Like I feel like my perception of her, and I, I, I don't know how it is, uh, for her but i just feel like she's one of those actors screen actors that takes the opportunity that access the access that beauty provides yeah mm. and goes to the craziest places yeah um it's just hypnotic to me i think this performance is one of the most engrossing that i've ever seen on screen mm. yeah i'd agree with that yeah she's yes. the the there are a few actors and actresses who like are beautiful and are willing to access ugly, um, like, like mm -hmm. at its, at its core, at their core. Uh, and those are the, those are the actors that we remember forever. Those are the, those are the performances that we remember forever. Mm. Um, like as far down to raw nerve as you can, as you can get, as you're willing to get. Yeah. I speculate and in some cases when you, where, as you're physically able to get. <laughs> yeah. I speculate. And I, I don't know, tell me what you think about this thought. I speculate that it's because it embodies all the things that a certain kind of cinema accomplish for us, where it's like the beauty, the glamor, the unreality of that, mm. that is a crucial part of, of certain kinds of film mm -hmm. or just of what we associate in the very base level of cinema, like Hollywood, everybody. Right. But it just is the way that someone will take this almost alienating level of beauty 
that we expect and honor in film film stars. I'll say film stars. And yeah. I don't say that as a pejorative, hmm. but that take that and infuse it with performances that hold a relatable humanity. And that is the perfect blend. Yeah. It gives you everything that you want from the kind of film that has wide release, for lack of a better way to, to yeah. describe it, right? Where mm. it's like when someone achieves that, it's giving you everything that you're hungering for when you take your seat. Mm. And the, the here, and the crazy part about Possession and about Isabella Johnny's performance in particular is she's able to do that in a surrealist allegory yeah <laughs> like this yeah. movie is not it's not a hand holder like it's not a movie that's <laughs> it's not a movie that it's not kramer versus kramer right. where it's like here's the beginning here's the here are your characters here's the end you're done mm -hmm. um don't you feel great <laughs> instead it's like <laughs> no we want you to we want you to the this this these filmmakers want you to experience physically if possible what it feels like to go through a breakup what it feels like to uh the, the scene that that pops into my mind is when she when anna is at that church and she's staring up at the crucifix oh, and yeah. word, wordlessly pleading yeah jesus <laughs> and it's yeah. so, like it's wow. not a it's not a scene that you would see like meryl streep doing mm. in a movie in the in the 80s or whatever like you just wouldn't mm -hmm. because there would have to be some clarity to the message yeah Right. In, in we an require an Western explanation. Film. Yeah, exactly. totally. Yeah. We either an explanation or we we require a, a path to an explanation. Yeah. <laughs> I love in it's a movie. It's just like crime. We need a motive yes. in a certain type of American cinema. What I sure. think, yeah, like what I love about this or the explanation for these scenes or the explanation for the whole movie is what it feels like to be alive sometimes. Yeah. And that is great when a film can express that in a way like that mm -hmm. it just this is how it feels to be alive sometimes mm -hmm. is fucking amazing so i want to also want to i keep thinking of the scene where apparently she's a ballerina teacher and oh, yeah. oh, God. so <laughs> the, this is also a scene that has an explanation sort of and maybe is a clue to whatever's going on where she takes this little ballerina who's like lifting her leg and just like latches onto her and starts like wrenching her leg up in the air. And this girl is like shrieking. Oh, whatever. It's horrifying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She's fine. But yeah. Like, that buttercup. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to be a fucking ballerina you, in do Berlin. Do you like to dance? Yeah. Then that's what they basically that's what she explains is that when the girl finally just screams, she lets go over and then the girl like has this like meltdown and goes running out of the room and and she's just like, well, it, that's what it takes to be like to be successful and famous in this world. And that's she, you got to say something it. like she's just learned the, the best yeah. thing yeah. ever. Yeah, like yeah she's, totally. She's, she says, I wish that someone. Yeah had taught so, me that or yeah. had told me that right See, and that yeah. scene that scene to me it's like we fully understand what's going on there mm. it's it is a little bit explained like in through her dialogue yeah but we understand that like mm -hmm. it's not a right. it's not a mystery to us why she did what she did mm -hmm. and the reaction that the that the student had mm -hmm. none of that's a mystery like we're not we're, we are we are experiencing it viscerally because it's played God. yeah so, it's horrible so <laughs> extremely 
Um, but we're not like we know what's going on. Yeah. Whereas a lot more of the movie is is like, ooh, I'm not gonna tell you what's going. <laughs> like you, yeah. you either have to have lived this, or you're just gonna <laughs> have to let the movie make you feel the way it makes you feel, and then you might grasp tenuously what I'm trying to explain to you right. or what I'm trying to show you. Yeah. Which is amazing. Yeah. So as I'm uh bumbling around my own village, uh uh having outbursts to anyone that um is unfortunate enough to encounter me about this film and how <laughs> I'm processing that I'm last week. Mm-hmm. Um I'm going to get you a blue dress to wear when you just walk around. (laughs) Uh, Let the pit stains begin. (laughs) Um, So two things that I have started wondering about is when people are making art that is such um, a clear through way to their breakup experience specifically. I mean, you could insert so many things in in the place of like the Mad Lib noun breakup. Mm. But with breakup film specifically especially something that really cuts the quick something that really reveals you know like we're seeing kramer versus kramer is being evoked an astonishing amount in this episode <laughs> um but even even scenes you know like in kramer versus kramer like it's it's i believe that of course it is cathartic it is a way to control the narrative it's a way to expose vulnerability. It's a way to punish the people that have wronged you. Like there's so many ways mm-hmm. that artists are using this material and these themes to process mm. like their own emotional trauma. But what I'm sort of curious about, and I haven't Googled it up, um, but I just wonder about how writers, directors for films specifically feel when when and if they do revisit the work because we all it's like last week we were when we were talking about the bitter tears of petra von kant mm-hmm. um we were talking very briefly about um how she is describing her um failed relationships and how the hindsight gives her you know this perspective that may or may not be real right and she feels good about it and so i think maybe that led me to this place where i'm just wondering because we all have breakups or, you know, things go sideways, mm-hmm. relationships end, and there's that rawness and that process. And then time changes the way it changes us, and that changes the way we perceive it. So when you put something like this out there, yeah, it's such a statement. Like, how are directors specifically feeling about this work? Two years later, a year later, two yeah. years later. Yeah, I wonder. Ten years later. That's like really intriguing to me to understand that um, when it's an extension of your life in such an extreme way, a visceral way, a personal way, mm-hmm. um, how how do you feel? But, you know, it's... That's an interesting question. Heavy. I well, I mean, as a, as a person who's who's written a breakup album, um, <laughs> of which there are many, uh, you, I think that the creation of these things is part of your healing process. It is your exorcism of 
of those feelings. And, you know, in, in the situation of possession, mm. like, wow, what a, what a fucking breakup that was, or, or what a, what a way to feel um, compounded by your, by the geopolitical situation if, at the time of this, mm. of all yeah. of this happening. But uh, yeah, those, those feelings, the, particularly the vitriol and the, the, the punishment, as you put it, like of, of others that have wronged you. It's a safe, it's a safety. It's a safe way to do that. Like you can, Mm -hmm. you are allowed to punish those that, that have wronged you or that in your mind have wronged you. Mm. Um, Mm. You can do that from a distance and with avatars and you are in control. You're in control. You you take that control of that narrative, right? Exactly. Exactly. So, so I feel like if you revisit this work, uh, you do it from a a point of growth. Like you do it from a, a mm. place where you look you look back on this as a time when I felt this way, yeah. or a time mm. when this was when I couldn't conceive of feeling another way. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I also... and here is the damage that was done, and here is the damage that. Or here's what I perceived of as damage yeah, at the time. Right. Whereas now you may be like, well, actually, that was the best. That was for the best. It was for the best. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah. you know, for me, I look at pictures where I'm like, wow, look at those ugly bangs I cut. <laughs> yeah. I have a breakup. And that feels horrible. I also made a breakup graphic novel. And going back on it, I, I like it's going to be the more opposite from Possession. <laughs> it's like this zany, cartoony thing. It's, it's like, like funny, too. And like... Uh, going back and looking at it, the only thing I I feel like th- when I was in that mode, the only thing I could do was that. It was mm-hmm. like either these feelings are just going to keep swirling around in my head and driving me crazy or I can try to like put them out into something else and like contain them into something. But when I go back and read that thing, it is like I, it's a cathartic feeling and it feels good that I'm not that person anymore. But it's also this little bit of embarrassment that I ever was. I have that little tinge yeah. of like, oh, like I was so fucking hung up over that guy. Like that just seems weird now. And <laughs> so much enough to like make this thing, to make a artifact in the world, like a real thing about this person. And it just feels weird. <laughs> Does it feel, do you hold that breakup differently than breakups you've had or different or kinds of, of separations and relationships that you haven't made yes something tangible out of definitely i do for that one yeah mm. that was like the, the one and only heartbreak i feel like i've ever experienced so mm. that was like completely different from the other relationships i've been in so mm. for sure yeah you about your um, album oh i i don't know that um <laughs> that's a that's a whole that's a whole other podcast (laughs) (laughs) i definitely don't feel any sort of embarrassment about um any of the any of the feelings or the the situations yeah with that breakup but i was also a lot older Mm. uh like if older than than you are now yes (laughs) because you've had so much surgery uh, have gone back (laughs) no i was i made that album in my 30s as opposed to in my 20s Mm. which you are so much younger now yeah you're younger than that. (laughs) i was older then Mm -hmm. but like if Um, i like the the, some of the things that i've created in my 20s after after relationship alterations or whatever like yeah those are a little more embarrassing my my (laughs) i'm i'm more embarrassed by my reactions to those things i know as opposed to 
like what the as opposed to the album that I actually made, <clears throat> which, but it's which like was with... more of an exploration of myself as opposed to <laughs> yeah other things. What if uh, Zulowski was actually just a regular ass person who is like, oh my God, possession. I'm so embarrassed. I'm so embarrassed. That's weird. Oh my God, I can't believe I did that. Why did I feel like that? That's weird. No, no, don't watch me. Oh my God. Don't watch that. I don't think that, I don't think Polish people are are allowed to be embarrassed about anything. I don't think the Polish are are capable. That embarrassment feeling too, like you're talking about is like when I was feeling that for Petra von Kant in the last one where I was like, that's embarrassing that she felt like that so much over that person but it's like we shouldn't feel embarrassed about that it's like that is like a big part of life is feeling those feeling feelings and yeah it's just like why is that embarrassing when everybody feels that way it's just because don't you think that vulnerability is like the way we look at our own vulnerability is kind of like embarrassment is the emotion that closely resembles the feeling of being vulnerable mm, yeah doesn't it like, embarrassment yeah, like just I'm think when I think You're of exposed. when I'm when I feel embarrassed, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. like the physical sensation that I get, mm-hmm. it's it's the same as like I'm naked outside or yeah. like I'm I'm I am in physical danger, you know, like I'm vulnerable. Yeah, yeah. Or I'm being judged, you know, like that's that's uh, isn't that all kind of the related? I think so. Of course, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean. I don't know if it's like a gateway or like a part of this bigger creature that is vulnerability. Um, a big yeah, tentacle creature on a bed. Is it the camp and melodrama <laughs> uh, relationship? I mean, which I it's actually not, it's not not that. <laughs> my, my one of my notes for the movie was. <laughs> um, uh, is this the other side of camp? <laughs> interesting oh, wow. idea Which, i also i i don't think that it is i don't think that camp uh enters the equation with surrealism one of my I notes mean, okay. uh, i was gonna say it's not related one of my notes is bob's gonna grow up to be the most annoying berlin art fag <laughs> <laughs> bob's gonna make so nina, many pieces nina, nina, nina. <laughs> he's gonna make so many pieces about that week he was left alone <laughs> oh my god yeah when he was covered well, himself in jelly <laughs> it's because like when mark says well he's already fucked up he's gonna be more fucked up with a weekend daddy exactly right? it's like it's like oh that's oh, yeah. probably not like in hindsight that's probably not what's exactly the thing that's gonna fuck bob up but also why is his name bob and that's so funny like every time they said it i laughed he was just gonna abandon his son that is wild yeah like at the beginning of this movie when she's you know it's like clearly there's something going on with her but the confusing part to me was that he wasn't reacting normally to the situation at all obviously (laughs) the violence and everything was like just that was a confusing element for me of like this isn't just like someone breaking up with a man who mm. is just normal and like he was also <laughs> you know it's just like which is one way that i think a movie like this could go where you know she's harboring this creature but it's not and it's just like this i think that's like the holly maybe the hollywood western version of this story is like there's this creature and she's becoming possessed and she's go getting evil slowly and he's just like a normal family man who's trying to raise his son and she keeps bringing this evil stuff into their life but it wasn't like that. It was a little bit more nuanced with his character. I, I still don't. Just, I don't think of him as being presented as that much of a 
good guy. I just no, I that's just what I mean. Don't. Yeah, like definitely. There's no. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that's that's the the way that that shakes out, or I don't think that's no. the intention. Mm-mm. Like, I feel like he's just as poisoned by his <clears throat> his work as a spy uh, mm-hmm. as she is by the creature that she's harboring. Yeah, this yeah that creature. Yeah. I keep trying to think about a re- good rewrite for it, but it's like obviously any rewrite is gonna, you can't do it. Like you know, you're a lot, saying. A lot of critics say that the creature doesn't exist in reality, that there is no, that no, it's not a, of physical, course. a yeah. physical actuality. It's just some, it's a, it's purely symbol. Yeah. If I was in charge of this movie, Which I think it's bullshit, but <laughs> what I think I would do end up doing with that creature is that it, it was, it's the manifestation of the hatred that their relationship has become. It's this manifestation of that. And so it would consume them at the end as like this monster that would eat them and murder them both. And I think that's how I would end it. The extra characters of like, what is this school teacher at the end? She's clearly like the he, Sam Neil evil Sam Neil trying to get into her apartment like that horrifying shot at the very end of him hammering on this glass door the son saying don't open the door running up and drowning himself in the bath <laughs> and then her face and with the like police lights and these the sirens. sirens that sound like cats meowing and her just like staring wide-eyed into the middle distance is I don't know what to make of that. It, it feels like extra level confusing on top of already confusing. I feel like you have to have been in, in wartime Europe to really fully grasp that. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> so do you, do you think that, the, that Bob drowns himself? Because we're made aware that he can hold his breath for extended periods of time. Oh, I feel yeah. like the bathtub is where he goes. To hide. Like he associates it with with play, with safety, with accomplishment, with with like power, like with independence. Yeah. I think he drowned himself in my mind. That's what <laughs> I think he's dead. Okay. I think he was like, no, fuck uh, this, I'm out. Because you're like, you're like, now he's an orphan, so I hate him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's an orphan, so he's gotta die in yeah. my rewrite. <laughs> I I didn't I don't ever think of him as drowning himself, but I do think it is just trauma response. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. Jesus Christ, yeah. that poor child. He's re- he's retreating to his his safe place that he's associated with his his parents and his family. Yeah. But is he just the faith version of that monster, <laughs> Bob? <laughs> yeah, Bob. I mean, yeah, I feel I mean, he's like a different kind of monster. <laughs> yeah. There are so many things to talk about in this film. You know, like I, it's like I feel like I could talk for five years about. I know. The characters of Heinrich's mother, I feel like oh, God. just when you're processing ideas about sisters and and that duality, not just within an individual, but within relationships, like I think that there's a lot of questions to be asked. That's that's uh, the understatement of the century about <laughs> uh, misogyny or feminist lenses onto mm. the female characters, like mm-hmm. what the fuck is up with Margie and her We didn't her even talk leg. about Margie. What's with the broken and, leg? Do you think that yeah. she just had a broken leg at the time of filming? <laughs> I don't know, but I... The way she falls. a whole movie just about the, the cast, the broken leg. When um, she's going to take but, care of Bob and she falls in the kitchen, then it cuts. So like, funny. Yeah. There's a shift for me in terms of... Um, it's not necessarily even a tonal shift. I don't know, but there's a palpable 
uh, shifting of gears when Mark digs into this spy or agent, like cleaner response. Mm -hmm. Like there's a lot of, of creating mess and cleaning that goes on throughout the film. And like a lot of, of contrast between what it means to have a clean space and, uh, filthy moist dark damp space and and all the ob- the obvious connections that you can make with that with uh-huh. their clothes with their own appearance like the moments when we see like we see them fresh like we know that it's telling us something else about what's happening like how we're experiencing that action right but think... the when he starts to clean up the crime scene for lack of a better way to describe it he like shifts into this mode that is really unlike any other facet that we've experienced from him and like what does that mean like is it about the caretaking of of the relationship is it about like leaning into competencies is it about how no matter what you do you're going to want to save this person right still that you loved still love you know like he is murdering heinrich in a really fucked up way that is, uh, is super amazing what's in that little packet it looks like pride confetti um, <laughs> you know like yeah. that is like a, a messed up murder and that is like the str- yeah. a really strange that dynamic between heinrich and you know like i think a lot about the power struggle that we have in our own minds <laughs> with people that we see as stealing someone from us you yeah, know totally. like, that power struggle and how that those ideas shift and how that person's importance like waxes and wanes throughout mm. the process of recovering from a breakup <laughs> if we ever recover. But it's like when he is just like cleaning the kitchen and doing all the shit, like I love, you can see like this little crack in the open refrigerator door and there's just a pair of, of hands <laughs> of hands that are he sets a, blood. he sets a you know. heating coiled whisk onto a matchbook and then runs yeah. for yeah. it yeah that i think yeah. i think that might be where the movie falters a little bit for me like where the the that that those scenes is where i'm like oh, i don't know about this stuff I, like thematically with the rest of the movie and then him shoving that nasty feather down his throat to fake vomit when he could have just made retching noises by himself. It didn't make any sense. Or done nothing and just said, I'm sick, come help me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. totally. Yeah, exactly. That's it's just sick. like it's uh, the commitment though. He's yeah, a spy. Yeah, he's sure. covering all the bases. He is covering yeah. all the bases. He's he's mm-hmm. leaving vomit where you would expect to see vomit. I guess he's leaving. Yeah, like, that's a good the, point. Like there's no And then he goes the, aside from the caving in of the back of Heinrich's head from the <laughs> fucking porcelain which would you know be a yeah. little suspect yeah um but yeah the way the when you talk about him cleaning up the crime scene i always mm-hmm. i like that reads to me as not him being like i must like it's not an instinctual protection of his loved one it's mm-hmm. him having one up on her like he's like oh now now you can't mm. leave me because I I know your crimes. I I'm aware oh. of what you're oh, doing yeah. wrong, and I can power. Yeah, it's all power. Everything is a power move. And then, mm-hmm. yeah, that scene where he's riding the motorcycle, Heinrich's motorcycle, he takes it away and rides it through that amazing stretch of alleys or warehouses yeah. or whatever that area is, and then careens out. I guess that he meant to crash the bike, right, to yeah. like show that Heinrich was drunk or whatever, but that and to create confusion <laughs> yeah when he gra- jumps in the cab pulls a gun on the cabbie 
asks him to crash into the cop car, jumps out of the cab at the last minute, rolls down the sidewalk. The cabbie jumps out the window and goes <laughs> running away. And then the police shoot him immediately. Like the play, I guess he, that was him sacrificing himself so she could get away. Because then she pulls out in their giant car and drives away. Was that? I was like, what the fuck is <laughs> he doing? What is this car. scene? <laughs> Didn't they have like a giant green Cadillac or something? They have the enormous light blue boat car. Yeah, yeah that's a boat car. The, yeah. The chaos of that <laughs> whole wild. scene is so confusing to me. Like yeah. I like I couldn't tell who got shot at first. I know, yeah. Like it I was confusing. Oh, loving it. And then loving the guy it. They, they're chasing, all the police are chasing him. They shoot her and just like sh- shoot machine guns at the yeah. roof of this building. And then uh, the guy with the pink socks shows up. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and you're like, what? And he very clearly shows you that he's wearing pink socks. And yeah. it's like, what the fuck is going on? Which is the, like, again, this is one of the reasons that it's like, oh, I want to watch the movie again right away mm-hmm. to like kind of piece together the spy thriller element of it, which has to be just like, an inside joke <laughs> like it can't be for real yeah. like because what do you think of this Ellen? like do you think there's a genuine spy thriller element to this film or do you think that that's that's Solowski being like here's a like haha like <clears throat> I think it's it's a commentary on that political moment mm-hmm. yeah I think it is showing like the idiocy of being in a situation where the country is divided and there is this active spy system that controls people. You know, I'm, I'm oversimplifying. I'm not, I'm not being articulate with that. I think that it is both an indictment and a send up Yeah. because what choice would you have, but to laugh Yeah. at that, like, right. It, it's just the whole thing is is as ridiculous as it is horrible. Well, it's like it just makes me want to listen to the debriefing scene a little closer. Mm. I know, and like really figure out what that's about. But then it's but then I'm like, does it matter? Uh-uh. Like, am I? And it seemed really important that all the scenes where he's looking at the soldiers on the wall with his wristwatch next to the window, like very specific. The watch on the window. It's very so interesting. Yeah. The so watch, interesting. The watch throughout the film. Yeah. Um, what do is you, going on? I mean, a watch, someone's watching you. Do you, <laughs> do you feel like it's also a statement about how people's lives must continue the day to day? Can like, yeah. like you're, you're living yeah. in yeah. this moment, like this is your existence and that people's lives and he, the human traumas don't stop even when you're in this geopolitical yeah. climate. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. I think uh, that's a good read on that. I, yeah. I mean, the only it's thing like good it is, any it read? is, yeah, it is like, a read on it's that, a read, which is like I more than I have. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, I mean, the only thing that I know for sure is mm. that it's time. Oh, for <laughs> pick, pick your folk. Oh God. Ellen. Oh, God. Yes. <laughs> you're up. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. It's the favorite time. Oh, wow. <laughs> Which tentacle? Um, the, Je- the Jesus statue. <laughs> My God. Of course it's West Berlin. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Empty West Berlin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It is gorgeous. 
Yeah, I want to get with that all day long. I love the bar he goes into. Ugh, it's oh, it's so cozy. Every, yeah, everything. Mm-hmm. Actually, one of my notes is the colors at this school are shocking. Oh <laughs> yeah. The, yeah, the whole movie we've been looking at drab blue and white. Yeah, and mm-hmm. then suddenly there's yellow, red, and and green. <laughs> and that mm-hmm. the teacher can afford that like '80s mansion apartment <laughs> oh, penthouse incredible. suite. Incredible. Yeah, incredible. Uh, my poke is Heinrich. I can't help it. He's yeah. he's he is portrayed as being the ultimate seductive yeah. <laughs> uh Euro intellectual and I I absolutely adore him. I think he's so yeah. hot in yeah. this Euro trash way. <laughs> totally. Mine's Heinrich as well. His monochromatic outfits <laughs> oh, are everything. Yeah, he's him. incredible. Just and his whole personality and everything, he's just so cool. Like he's yeah. just like he doesn't want to fight, but I he like kicks him. his ass. And then when but, he opened the door, I thought it was Daniel Craig. He looks exactly like <laughs> Daniel Craig. For oh, but can we just, before, sorry, Joe, I have to say this before I forget, because there's 85 million things to I talk know. about. So yeah. I'm just like throwing darts wildly. Um, can we just, just acknowledge that uh, in, when we meet Heinrich, he's wearing, dressed in black. And when he's murdered, he's dressed in white. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Faith and chance. Um, oh, and also honorable poke mention to Sam Neill. Oh, yeah. <laughs> who, uh, who I have to say today, this very day, is hot as shit. He is so, he has aged <laughs> oh, really? insanely well. He looks so fucking good now. Huh. Ugh, I follow him on Twitter. He he has a uh, a vineyard in New Zealand and a farm with ducks and llamas and shit and he's he's just living the happiest life and he's so hot oh yeah he looks great dreamy i've dreamy. never had a thing I also for thought him that, really uh, monster sam neil was kind of hot with the black eyes <laughs> yeah. maybe it's because yeah. he was smiling he looks suave yeah um <laughs> yeah he's great my only my other rewrite for this movie is that sometime in the manic freakouts that Sam Neill's having, he looks over and the camera pans over to the corner and there's a velociraptor sitting in the corner that says Alan and then it pans back <laughs> and goes on with the movie. That's my only other rewrite. Foreshadowing? <laughs> yeah, for foreshadowing. What's the poke, Joe? <laughs> for Jurassic Park. Mine's Heinrich as well. Uh oh. he's he's just yeah, super handsome. He's just, and he just is sexuality. Like he's. <laughs> yeah. Sam Neill's never had like sex pot energy to me, I guess probably because Jurassic Park, like he just doesn't, his personality in that is very like unfuckable. <laughs> Sam Neill didn't become super fuckable to me until like three years ago when, oh, wow. I, when I started following him on, on Twitter and he's just like, he's hot. He yeah. just looks hot. And it's, I think it's because he's just living a beautiful life. Yeah. And he wow. seems like a very happy man. Yeah. Oh, I adore that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the only other note that I have <laughs> is, uh, maybe we can go pick him up at school together and they're both covered in blood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love that. God, they're covered in blood so much. I keep blood thinking about this viscera, scene. Just like stuff. Mm. The first blowout fight scene when she walks into the street and that car carrying crushed cars veers around her and a car goes flying off. And then amazing. she starts walking away in her amazing like heels and everything. And then she turns around and comes back and spits a bunch of blood saliva out of her mouth onto the ground yeah. and is just like screaming at him. That scene I mean, is so it's great. A, it's a tour de force. It really is. The True. whole thing feels like a nightmare and it's really well done. The mm. nightmare feeling of it. The last question before we do links is why is it called possession? What a great question. Uh, what what does possession mean to you, though? 
like it's ownership. Yeah. It's uh it's uh forced ownership mm-hmm. or or possession of yeah. of a, of someone of something being taken. Um it's being overtaken by an outside force. Mm-hmm. Like it's I think it's it's almost a perfect title for this movie. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I took it as like she was possessed by that monster, but then I don't think she really but she sort of was, but not really, but she was it seemed like she was making the choice to help that creature i think she was making yeah, the choice and she and knew she, it was bad and it's she knew. why she felt so guilty yeah. it's why she couldn't wash the blood off of her hands yeah why she cuts her own throat with a yeah. fucking right knife. she's lady Macbething it so hard in that one scene that yeah. i mean <laughs> consider in the context of feeding and, and nurturing a, a creature mm-hmm. um that she has had a violent miscarriage mm. and also um she specifically says like i'm the maker of my own evil yeah interesting yeah that miscarriage too is not i didn't read it as a miscarriage when i first watched it until you you said that see there's a that that scene it's the second time i watched it i caught this and maybe it's because it was edited out of a version that i watched the first time um in the train station she's freaking out she throws her milk on the wall uh-huh. <laughs> and then egg, egg goo. Okay. Yeah. It's bright, milk. <laughs> bright yellow egg goo. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, it's at the end when she's on her knees yeah. and yeah. holding her head, that blood and starts viscera pouring starts down pouring her. out of, yeah. uh, out of her ears and out of her, yeah. her dress. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So it, yeah, that's, I've, I've always, well, at least since the second time I watched it, thought of that as a miscarriage. Yeah. He says she had a miscarriage and then there's just such the, uh, moment when he says tells her that now she looks ugly to him and for the first time she looks vulgar and i just had a moment where i was like "Mm -hmm." whatever weird (laughs) i mean that's like a whole other endless conversation he's like i just wanted to see if we can sit peacefully together and she's like just having a complete mental breakdown (laughs) yeah she's like i'm like nope you can't you cannot sit uh, I can't help but laugh at so many of these moments in the movie, but I think it is a laughter of like nerves. It is. It's a laughter of no. like I. I don't want to feel this. Yeah, there's. Um, we we could do this movie hark- again. We yeah. could do this again. <laughs> Harkening back to the question about what the spies might symbolize or or what role they're they're playing, it just. I could watch the detective detective the first one that follows her to the apartment oh yeah one of the it's like so (laughs) funny yes and amazing and confusing and delightful like it just really took me out of out of this like hard focus like Mm -hmm. just looking like scanning the film for trauma like dissecting it for meaning and then suddenly it's like (laughs) (laughs) oh my god motherfucker oh no you're gonna die yeah he's checking all the windows that scene where she's where she offers him a glass of wine and she just starts uncontrollably oh yeah jesus Uh so good and then she's where she's like it broke Uh her face when she's she's so adorable when she says that It's broke. Yeah. It broke. She looks it's a little broke. bit like Tara Tara C. Hall. Is that her name? The or, yeah, the actor, right? Rebecca yeah. Hall. Rebecca. You hit Tara's our friend. Tara Tara's Hall our is friend our friend who, who also looks like, looks Rebecca, like Hall. Rebecca Hall. Yeah, that's why I got this. The, our the, beautiful friend who also yeah. by by that 
turn looks like Isabella Johnny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they look. Uh, they have a. That must be look. hard. Yeah, yeah, it's um, difficult. <laughs> she's she's absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. Je- uh, I, Jessica I Hall. No. Feel like the what's her name defining dialogue from this film for me, and there's so many moments when it's like, oh wow, oh wow, oh wow. Oh God! Jess, oh wow! Jess, uh, yeah. Oh, sorry. Are you still trying to figure out who I'm your friend is? Like? No, sorry, I, I can't. I can't. <laughs> sorry. It's, when jokes, okay. it's like someone asks you a math question, and then you just have to do it in your head. No, the, who is the I'll person wait. in the night house? Or that Rebecca Hall. Rebecca Hall. Okay, yes. sorry. Okay, we're done. Yeah. Sorry, Ellen. <laughs> are you sure? I feel like there might be like a little bit more. There might be a little, a little twiddle. We on had that to get to the bottom little, of that, Rebecca. Like a little rosette. <laughs> okay. Um. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Great. We dis- we dissolved into madness. We have to go. We got to fin- we got to wrap it up. I know we, we do got to wrap pokes. it up. It's, I got to get back to work. Broke. It's link, link it time. Broke. It broke. We well, broke there's it. clearly um, so much meat on this bone. I'll say it. When the bit of dialogue that really just like oh, like wrapped itself around me was when she he says, "How could you find me? How could I not?" Oh yeah, mm. good one. When does that happen? I don't remember. You're gonna have to watch again. I get to watch yeah, it again. We will end up watching yeah. this again. Well, this could be a link. Okay. My link is possession. Yeah, I mean, talk about dead, <laughs> my dead link dog. is possession. <laughs> Let's do it again. Let's watch it again. Let's just do it for the rest of the season. Oh, am I first? You are first. Yes. Okay, I I didn't because I thought I was going to get a terminal diagnosis. I did not take a link, <laughs> so I have just frantically done it on my computer here. Um, and so I only have one. So there's the upside there. Um, my, uh, link is Heinz Bennett. Heinz. Heinz Bennett, who plays Heinrich. Oh, yeah. nice. Okay. And it is Francois Truffaut's The Last Metro. I am so mm. glad that you picked that. Cool. What's uh, the, um, bio of that movie? Oh, the right. Synopsis. I forget you know that. Um, I mean, <laughs> do you want me to find the one and read it, or do you want me to just say it? Here, I'll, I'll read the one. Let's just make one up. <laughs> this mine will be as useful as all of my parts. <laughs> <Your> <laughs> uh, yeah. um, here is the IMDb description of last night. In occupied Paris, an actress married to a Jewish theater owner must keep him hidden from the Nazis while doing both of their jobs. Oh. Wow, that sounds awesome. Yeah, I uh, I noticed that one because I also, of course, wanted to pick uh, Heinrich as as my link. But I okay, sorry, I'll I'll try to be quick. I want I was torn between choosing something that takes us away from cerebral mm-hmm. uh, cerebral European. Sorry. Um, <laughs> You know, I, I I wanted to get away from that it's a, a little bit. It's a great place to visit, mm-hmm. particularly after possession. Mm-hmm. But after having this discussion, it's so much fun that I don't give a shit uh, if we linger <laughs> in this yeah. forever. Um, so I I'm choosing just what my heart wants, and I want to follow Isabella Johnny to <gasps> Roman Polanski's The Tenant. The Tenant. Tenant. Okay. I knew it. I what's thought about the, it. What's the synopsis <laughs> of this film? Uh, I haven't seen you, yours was Metro. The last Metro. The last Metro. The last Metro. Okay, but it was it. A, I. The tenant was just my initial knee jerk. Mm. But I. I was like, no, no. Mm-hmm. So the tenant, mm-hmm. 1976. Mm-hmm. 
A bureaucrat rents a Paris apartment where he finds himself drawn into a rabbit hole of dangerous paranoia. Oh, okay. Sounds interesting. It's one of my favorite movies. Wow. Okay. Same. Same. I also had the urge to go a little bit lighter, <laughs> try to find something <laughs> oh, here that's we not go. a dark pit of insanity. I don't know if I did, though, because I've never seen, and I have two, and oh. we can... Uh, <gasps> okay. What? No, go. Go, no, no, go, go, go. No, 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 nothing, nothing. We're totally not doing anything. Uh, the first one that came up, that came up a couple times in looking at movies, so it was Nosferatu the Vampire by Werner Herzog. Ooh. And oh. it came up completely separate from just me looking at like what else was going on uh, around the 70s for film in uh, Europe. And then I found out that Isabel Ajani is in it, yeah. <laughs> which yeah. I didn't know. Yeah. She sure is. Uh, and then my second pick is, for obvious reasons, Scenes from a Marriage by Ingmar Bergman. Holy shit. <laughs> which I've also never seen and would love to oh, watch. Wow. Like, are we going to watch this six hour version or the. <laughs> Fuck, is it six hours? I didn't realize. I thought it was a film. It is. There's, there's, but it's I'm, a Bergman film. It's a Bergman film. Yeah. I, I don't want to get super nerdy. He made it for TV. Uh, no. so th there's like three mm. two hour movies, but there is a, it was cut into a feature. I would watch the feature probably, but that oh, doesn't have to be God. my choice. Nosferatu could be my choice, but it's, I was like looking you. for, I'm, it's up to you. I really like both of those. And I've never seen either of them. Yeah, so. predictably, so do I. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, obviously, I'll Nosferatu. I'll just choose Nosferatu then because I don't. Okay. I feel like Scenes from Marriage, you probably should watch the TV version if you want the full effect, I guess. And I don't really want to watch a six hour I film, appreciate. Yeah, for the podcast. So I'll choose Nosferatu, which is Count Dracula moves from Transylvania to Wismar, <laughs> spreading the Black Plague across the land. Only a woman pure of heart can bring an end to his reign of horror. So that's Nosferatu it. for those of you who don't know. <laughs> um, Gosh, those are three incredible picks. I know. I feel like we're going to need to bring out Memnon because I, I think can't. It's the wheel. Like, Should we just switch to the wheel? At least for this one, I, I think all three of them, I would be thrilled to okay. do all three of these. So I don't okay. want to, I don't want to like dig my heels in on mine. Yeah. But let's, I will say that Ellen and I had a, had a side bet that you were going to pick Jurassic Park or E.T. <laughs> <laughs> I thought about it. What would be the E.T. link? The, cr the, the creature was the designed creature. by the guy. Oh, really? <laughs> That's cool. Damn. <laughs> I had 20 bucks on Jurassic Park. She and had I had 100, 100 on ET. No, it breaks out of my... I was going, I'm going for 70s, <laughs> like, with tears, bitter tears. I really want to see movies that inspired movies that I like. So I love it. Really, I'm so that's what I'm looking for. I'm these. relieved. I know. Because <laughs> yeah. I hate that stupid ET. Uh, I did think about Jurassic Park, though. I, I also almost picked uh, uh, Event Horizon... Oh yeah! Oh, I love Event Horizon. <laughs> I know. I thought about that too. Oh my god, I love Event. We can get back to that. There's always there's yeah. always paths. Yeah. Okay, so let's just go straight to the wheel and see what it chooses. Think, yeah. Here we go. We're watching the tenant. <laughs> the tenant. <laughs> Ten. Oh tenant. It's tenant. The tenant. The tenant. The, the occupant of the an apartment. The tenant. Tenant. No. Uh, all right, Great. listener, we are going to do uh, The Tenant from 1976, which is available mm -hmm. on Prime to rent. 
Um, I let me see if it's on Canopy. I don't know why the closer we get to 1975, the better I feel about the picks. I don't know why I have that in my head. I love it because 1975 is like the prime year for this season for me. The Tenant is on Canopy, so it's it's available for free if you have a library card, which everyone should have. Great. Um, and also if you have a if you have a local video store. Go rent it from they them. They have it. Because yeah. they definitely have it. They probably have the nice 4K release, which I would like to have at some point. Um, or go to Scarecrow. Or videos. go to Scarecrow.com and rent it from them. Yeah. And get, um, get it sent to you. Oh, God. I'm so excited to watch this movie and talk about it. And I'm really mm. excited to watch it with Joe. Mm. Um, because I have a feeling you will really, really dig it. I mean, based on our track record this season, it's yeah. been an incredible And it's also Paris. Season. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Perfect. Uh, and Isabella Johnny. Well, no, nobody's perfect. <laughs> Isabella Johnny in one of in some of her greatest looks <laughs> committed to film. Oh, incredible. <laughs> nice. Oh, and a fabulous score. The score is amazing. Oh, sorry. I'll save it for next yeah. week. Okay, yeah. Uh, Listener, yeah. thank you it's so much. Movie. Yeah. <laughs> Listener, thank you for <laughs> good. Thank you for hanging out with us. I hope that you will join us for the tenant. I hope I hope you watched Possession. Uh but you know, if you didn't, that's okay too. You can just we, we obviously like cleared cleared it all up for you um <laughs> yeah possession like do i recommend it yes but it depends on who i'm talking to too yeah it's, it's a like movie not that for you, everyone like like i said you know i i when i first saw it i did not have the the lexicon to uh interpret that film yeah mm-hmm. even just within myself as mm-hmm. a viewer yeah like whereas if, now it's definitely i've i i have a lot of feelings about it yeah <laughs> Like the Disney adult in your life, do they need to see Tenet or Possession? I don't know. No. Yeah. Like, it's like I, it's a certain type of movie goer. No, I think that no. would appreciate it. And so. I'm sure if you've listened to us talk about it, you know whether or not you are that person. <laughs> it's like when everybody asks if we enjoyed watching Zone of Interest. I, it's like, did you enjoy going to visit Auschwitz? Like the, it's not. You can't be like yes. <laughs> like with Possession, I feel this sort of similar. Where it's like, did you enjoy it? Yes, but it's like also a lot. Yeah. <laughs> like it's like a experience. Experience is the is the key word, I think. Yeah. Ellen is <laughs> Ellen is She's simply holding back. Making faces. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just really enjoyed it. Yeah. I just I just loved the experience mm. of watching that film. Yeah. And I'm really enjoying the places. It's uh taking me just in terms of, of thinking about it and thinking about the ideas and the performances and all the things that make um, good cinema. Yeah. Yeah. It's exciting. All so right. Nice. Uh, hey, hey, listener, why don't you follow <laughs> us on Instagram and Twitter at it was murder pod and write to us at it was murder pod at gmail.com. Uh, especially if you watched Possession, I really, really want to hear what you think of it. Yes, um, send us your minute maxes. I want to hear those. I know. Oh god, it'd be so great. Posthumously. Uh, yes, and what else? Um, rate and review us if you feel like it. Mm-hmm. It's helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I'm just super excited to watch The Tenant and to talk about it next week. So I'm gonna shut up <laughs> and say good night, Freeway. Good night, Freeway. Good night, Freeway. You're my-